The following podcast is a Clutch Media production. Welcome to They Get It. My name's Kelsey, and my co-host Emma and I love direct-to-consumer brands. Whether it's an amazing customer experience or a really killer social strategy, this podcast will feature the brands and founders who just get it. On today's episode, we are interviewing Haley. She is the founder and owner of HB Face. And for those of you that don't know, they're a really interesting company. They're one part services and they're one part cosmetic lines. And I think my biggest takeaway or like my aha moment for this episode was how she just never bit off more than she could chew. And I think how many times do we hear if you're not launching with a perfect product and with this big, you know, parade and and all of the bells and whistles, like, what are you doing it for? And I think she is such a testament to the fact that slow and steady really does win the race. And clearly it's working out for her. Yeah. I mean, she's started offering services in her apartment and now she still has obviously a way bigger services arm to her business and she has products that she's added on and she's done it at her own pace. Um, as we hear in the episode, Haley's been through a lot and she credits like following her passion as what helped her get through that. Like if she, she says, you know, if she was doing anything else, she wouldn't have been able to do it because it wasn't where her heart was, but she really followed, you know, her passion and it led her to building this empire. And I think it's like, when you have a really strong why you find a way to make it happen. Totally. So for anyone that is like, going through less than ideal circumstances right now. I know a lot of us in Canada are still in this position. This is a great episode to listen to, and hopefully you feel encouraged and uplifted afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get right into it and hear from Haley. Welcome back to another episode. Today we have Haley Bogart with us, the founder of HB Face. Haley, thank you so much for being here. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, we're so excited to dig in with you. So to start off, we would love to give our audience a little bit of background. What led you to start your own business? Um, Okay, so I'll I'll give you the backstory here. So I started doing brows and makeup at the age of 16. um, And I was doing it. I come from a very small town near Sarnia. Mm -hmm. And I started by, by doing a co-op and then it turned into a job and realized that there was really nothing there for me anymore. So I ended up leaving at the age of 17 and worked for some of the best studios in the city um, and gained a ton of experience. And also I ended up having a really bad, um, really bad year in the year of 2013. I lost my mom and my brother um, due to mental health and addiction. And I realized after that it was time for me to go out on my own, which I did. Um, so I left my current job and I had all of my clients follow and they followed oh, me wow. to my teeny tiny apartment. <laughs> and yeah, I realized that and I said, okay, it's, it's time to just do my own thing. And I did. And I went to school, business school at nighttime for, uh, how to open a small business. And then it just blossomed from there. So mm-hmm. it was a long road, but definitely worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I know this is your story, Haley, so I mean, you know, your 
you're accustomed to it. But I don't want to gloss over the fact that that's really difficult, losing not one but two family members in the same year. I have yes. to imagine that the average human would go through something like that and would kind of like cocoon or isolate. How did yes. you end up channeling that energy into launching a business? I mean, I, de it definitely, I definitely had my ups and downs, but I felt you know, the only thing that was going to get me up in the morning was doing what I loved. Wow. And I loved doing brows and makeup. And I loved interacting with people and making people feel good. And that was the only way I got through it. I mean, I've definitely had some ups and downs since then. But you just got to keep going, unfortunately, because life doesn't stop and time doesn't stop. So you, you know, you just keep going. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that it, it has came to this. And you know, I, it has bloomed in such, into such a beautiful business. But yes, it definitely was not easy. Yeah, I believe it. But I, I can also imagine it was kind of an eye-opening moment of like, life is short. And like you said, you want to do what you love. 100%. So yeah. this first iteration, you're in your tiny condo. What yes. what happens <laughs> from there? So I decided to um, start my own makeup uh, makeup line. I started with makeup first and I carried another um, skincare brand. Let me think of it here. I can't think of the name. I carried another line in my little small apartment mm -hmm. and you know, I had appointments every 15 minutes. I had a few wow. thousand clients solo, which was oh crazy. Gosh, so I had set up in my little living room. It was very hard to work and live in the same place. It was extremely hard. I stuck it out for a solid year and a half. And after that, I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, then I ended up opening, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to have a storefront yet. I didn't know if I can handle that at that point in my life. Um, so I opened up a small studio. It was more like a loft um, at Ossington and DuPont. And my clients are in Forest Hill area, Rosedale area. And I was like, oh. Okay, well, we'll see if they're going to come, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the business just, it kept growing and growing. Then I hired employees. And then, you know, now I have Eglinton and now opening Oakville. So um, you just sometimes got to take, take that risk. I didn't necessarily even have a plan. I just kind of winged it, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, it all paid off. I think that's a calculated <laughs> risk that I'm glad you ended up taking. But I, one thing, yeah. just doing a little bit of reading on your story and who you are and how you built this business is it's evident that you were so intentional with every next step that you took. And maybe you didn't have a plan going into it, but I think right. it's so refreshing because Emma and I come from like the D2C space where all these companies are venture backed and they're just throwing cash at these brands and saying, you know, go scale at all costs. I actually yeah. think it's so refreshing looking at you and, you know, you're like, okay, I want to make sure I outgrow my apartment before I move into a studio space. Was that something you were aware of the whole time? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it definitely, it definitely was something I was aware of. And I was always taught even by my father to take, you know, take things slow and, and work smart, right? So, you know, never biting off too much that I can chew. And I was still growing at that time and mm -hmm. healing. So I could only take on a certain amount. Um, I look back and maybe I could have moved things a little bit quicker, but I'm very happy I didn't because it's led me to where I am. And I will continue at that pace because I feel, uh, you know, for something to blow up overnight doesn't necessarily mean it lasts. So I want longevity in the brand and I, you know, I want my brown or my um, business to be around for years. So I think that's a way to look at it. Mm -hmm. 
It is. It's it's really refreshing and it's something that like I need to remind myself of too because when you just see so many opportunities you could be going after in front of you, it's it's hard to say like, okay, let's take this at the pace that's actually scalable because the opposite yeah. is you burn out and you can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah, I've definitely burnt out many of times and mm. even like COVID, it's it's been a nice reminder to, you know, you can't you can't do everything all at once. You just got to take one, have a list and just check off the list one by one. Mm-hmm. And eventually you'll get to the end of the list and there'll be another one, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, you just got to you got to work at a slower pace. I think I think that's key. And I know you just said that kind of offhand, but you're so right. As long as you're clear on what it is that needs to get done, the pace at which that gets checked off is not as important as making sure you've got the right things on that list. Now I have to, if I'm putting myself in your shoes back in those early years, um, it's a lot to start a business and yeah, you knew the industry really well, but what was that learning curve like, you know, adjusting to being your own boss? I mean, I feel like when I, even when I worked at other other uh, studios, I was my own boss within their business, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. And I treated it as if it was my own business. And I think, you know, at a young age, that was just kind of in, instilled in me, right? So I, you know, I just, I, every time something new would come up, I'd be like, okay, what's next? And then I'd finish that and be like, okay, how? How do I get to the next step? I was, you know, never satisfied. And as an entrepreneur, it can be a good thing and a bad thing because I'm never satisfied because <laughs> like, what's the next step, right? So um, yeah, I hope that answers that question. It definitely does. Okay. Yeah, it definitely does. And actually, I, I'm probably going to embarrass you talking about this, but I read something about you and it was, you know, a former boss that you had had when you were working for somebody else. And she said to you, look, you're going to be in charge of an empire someday. Maybe it's mine. Maybe it's your own. I don't know, but you're going places. Do you think that having people like that, that you respected planting that seed maybe helped manifest? For sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, my, my, like my dad's an entrepreneur and, you know, I was just, I was born, I, I was born to do that. I, mm-hmm. I always knew I wanted to do that. At a young age, I knew what I wanted to do and, and I just ran with it. Right. Because it's good. It's, it's not good to be so great at so many things because you just can't do it. So I decided to stick with one thing and be amazing at that one thing. And now it's led to, you know, skincare and makeup, but you got to be able to, be the best at that one thing before you can move on and branch out into other, you know, aspects of the business. So, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That again is such a good piece of advice because there, I keep coming back to this, but for myself, it's like, there's so many things that I want to do and there's so many different areas I'm interested in. And, um, you can't spread yourself too thin because like you said, like you only, you're one person and you need to be able to focus and really go deep on something if you want it to be successful. I completely agree. So along the way, how have you sought out mentors and advisors as you've scaled your business? I mean, I've gotten the right people along the way to help me and delegate. Um, and you have to you have to be a leader and be able to delegate because if you can't, it's a one-man show and that won't succeed. Um, but I have had a great mentor alongside Jen Koss, who's been a long friend and mentor of mine, and I love her. And she was a Harvard graduate, and she's opened and 
you know, led many of businesses and, you know, I'd always call her and be like, what's this? How do I do this? And she'd give me the answers. And, you know, she was just so great that way. Um, and I love her for that. So I would, I would have to say she was, she's been by my side through thick and thin. Yeah. It's really important to have those people. And I can even think like, I have people that I still call up, even though the content of what I need help with is completely different. I just trust their opinion on like their perspective on things. So I think that's awesome. Have you noticed that you're starting to become that person for other people you come into contact with, maybe your employees or people in your network? For sure. A hundred percent. And I'm, you know, obviously really busy, but like, you know, when I can give advice or help anybody out, I definitely do because, you know, you, you got to pay it, pay it forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of years to get answers to things. I don't, give all of my recipes away because I've worked so hard uh, Mm -hmm. to get certain things, but I'm definitely, you know, more than willing to help anybody um, help, like help, help them any way I can. Right. So, yeah. And how have you grown your leadership style? This is another thing I read about you is that, you know, you really try to create a feeling of family within your business. And I think that's so admirable how have you built that muscle over the years? I mean, dealing with a team can be very, like, it can be great and it can be very hard, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think I've read a lot of books about leadership. Like, I never went to university or, you know, college for that kind of thing at all. I think with experience and, you know, reading and communicating um, with other people that are in business have helped me become a better leader. And, um, yeah. I, yeah, this is, this is the transition that I'm going through right now, hiring for my team at, you know, my day job and it is not easy. And I feel like I read books and I have so many epiphanies. And then by the time I like put the book down, I've already forgotten everything. Have there been certain leadership lessons that have stuck with you? Yeah, I guess it would just be to, you know, to make sure to be treating everybody fairly. And if, you know, if you give people a good shell to work with, they're going to want to work with you for a long time. Right. So I guess that's where the family plays in, you know, like you can't, there's a fine line that needs to be, you know, that can't be crossed, but if you treat them with respect and, you know, give them their time to shine, I feel, you know, that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's evident, like definitely with your employees, but even think about when you decided to branch out onto your own, the fact that all your clients went with you, like clearly there was something there. So I, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, you know, it comes with making people feel welcome and having a a great outgoing personality, not saying I'm so great and outgoing, but you just, (laughs) you just have to, it's a, a lot of the time it can be like acting too. Like not everybody's so nice and you, you just have to, you know, mold yourself in that moment to the way, to the way they are. It's almost like acting in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do it very genuinely because I do care. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of thing that shines through, especially in a service-based business is yes, you have to be good at what you do. And and that's a big part of it, but it's also, how are you making people feel? How are you treating your customers? Um, you know, what type of person are you? I think that is such a big piece of it as well. Yeah. 100% it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to pivot a little bit. Um, a listener we had reached out a little while ago 
and they asked us about how to determine when they should start paying themselves a salary and what that salary should be when they're still scaling their business. And this listener has, um, she just started her business, like I think within 2020. So it's still very new. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how you funded HB face and what that process has looked like for you? For sure. Um, so when I started, uh, the company, I started with a $10,000 line in credit (laughs) Um, and my visa. And that was the only cash flow I had. So, I mean, that leads me back to why I started slow and steady because the cash flow wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had never really had anybody help me out. Um, My father had helped me out a little bit once I opened up the store, but I was never, I was never given anything. And I was brought up that you need to work Mm -hmm. and, you know, for for yourself and make a living for yourself. Um, So I just started paying myself a salary and it's been five years. So, and I did that because when I was on a dividend, you know, it can get mixed up, like what's personal, what's not, you know? So I decided, okay, I'm really going to budget this year, especially with everything that's going on. And I gave myself, like, it's a very small salary every two weeks because I feel like, okay, I'm in a position in my life where I have everything, I have everything I need, and I'm going to keep pumping that money back into the company Mm -hmm. and flipping it over and over and over again. Um, So my suggestion would to be start at a small salary and, you know, just have your, your bare essentials. And if you want it that bad, you'll do it. So, yeah. That that's really interesting. Five years is a long time, Haley. I'm so impressed that you you. made that happen. Um, When you think of like maybe other entrepreneurs, or even thinking back to yourself over the course of these past five years, did money ever make you think that maybe, you know, maybe like a serving job or maybe another part-time job or doing freelance work or something like that would be a good option? I know that's, you know, this particular um, audience member that brought this up, that's kind of where her head is at. So I'm curious to see if you have those thoughts too. I mean, I worked... When I was in school, I worked three jobs. So, I mean, right now, I feel that you got to keep the eye on the prize. So if that's, you know, unless it's a side hustle, but if you're, if this is your end all be all, you just got to suck it up. And, and like, I see for me, it's different because I had my brow supporting my product, right? right? So services, knowing that I was going to be able to purchase the product and then flip the product. So if you're, I I mean, it's probably really hard to go to the bank right now and get a loan, but um, yeah, I guess you would just have to, you know, save your money and make your money and then keep funneling it into um, what it is that you really want to do. So. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm curious the way that you just said that, right. You have your services supporting the product. How does it work when you're a service-based business with the product? Like you mentioned when you were doing it out of the studio or out of your, um, your apartment, I should say, um, you had a different line of products and then you ended up creating your own. What does that relationship look like between the service provider and the products they use? Yeah. So I purchase everything. Um, I purchase all the products and I purchase everything up front or there's a pay like a, a 30 day or 60 day payable. Right, right. Um, that way, you know, it can help you out that way. Now, right now I'm developing all my own, you know, 
like it's all my own skincare, but I'm enhancing some of the ingredients and switching some of the bottling. And now I've had to mass market it. So I have to go ah. overseas and, you know, put a massive down payment on it and, and then, you know, receive the product, which I'm so excited about because, you know, I've always had to do basic, um, <laughs> basic, um, bottling. So I'm, I'm really excited that I can really create my own now. I've gotten to that stage, which has been great. But yeah, you, you can purchase other product from, you know, other skincare brands. And then, you know, the margins aren't so great on that. But mm-hmm. start oh, off, yeah. that's, that's what I did, you know. Yeah, so totally. um, yeah. I think that's awesome. You kind of get to drink your own Kool-Aid when you produce your own product line. I have to imagine when you're doing like a full service business and then trying to also launch a product company, were you sleeping at that point? It seems like a 24 hour job. Yeah, I was working around the clock. I'm still working. I mean, now I can relax a little bit because I have help, but I'm still, that's all I think about is business. And I think that's important that I, you know, that I do. Um, that helps me with, you know, my research for my next products. It also, you know, just keeps me in tune with how, you know, the business is operating and what I need to make better and what I need to take away and that sort of thing. So, I mean, eventually the goal is to not be doing services and have locations and have the right people in place. Um, but that takes time and I'm not going to rush it because there's no point in rushing it. I love it back to the slow and steady. Yes. And, and I think it must be really beneficial too, that you are still staying so close to the front line and you're knowing your clients and, and you're able to really get an understanding of why they're coming to your business. Right. I think customer relationships are so important. Um, but obviously though, this past year during the pandemic, you haven't been able to see clients as much. No. What has the biggest lesson been throughout the pandemic? Uh, I guess the biggest lesson is for me, like I've had to pivot all of my life. I've, I'm used to pivoting. I'm used to being in uncomfortable positions. I just have, mm-hmm. I've had to overcome those things. And when all of this happened, I go, okay, so what am I going to do? You figure it out, right? Like there's no, like, I'm not, I'm going to step down. It's like, I'm going to figure it out. And I've pivoted and thank God I had my skincare line that I just had created and that was ready for purchase online. And I said, okay, I got to get online and start doing videos. It was the most uncomfortable thing I had ever put, had put myself <laughs> in the position I had to be in. But it, I did it. And like now, you know, our online business is is doing, you know, very well. So um, it's definitely not been easy for my staff. You know, I feel, I feel terrible about that. And, you know, we're so excited to open up the second location and can't do it. But, you know, I just keep working on the product behind the scenes and sampling things and, and sending them off and testing them. So I've just, you know, made my time doing that, which is, which has been good because when I was so busy with clients, I wasn't able to do that as much, you know, or I'd be working around the clock. So, um, it's been good to good and bad, good and bad. Yeah. It's been really hard. And I feel like every business, has dealt with 
you know, a unique version of their challenges. And I think having a service and a product combination company is, yeah, exactly like you're mentioning. Um, when you come through it and then services are now in a, a part of your offering again, do you think you'll stay split with your focus between products and services or has this taste of being product only kind of spurred a different thought process? Um, I will always like, I love having a service-based industry because we do so well. Um, and with the product, like now with online and e-commerce, it's given me a new taste and I, I'm like, okay, now how, how can I grow this and how can I make this bigger? Uh, which is exciting because now I'm going to have a solid three businesses. <laughs> you need more on your so, plate. Yeah. That is not enough. Look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it, you know, I just got to get okay. people in place to help well, okay. me. Okay, I'm, I'm curious. We yeah. have e-commerce backgrounds. We find e-commerce companies extremely exciting. What do you think the next phase is for your product line? Like, how do you get your name out there even more? Um, so now what I've done is I have, like I explained, in June, we have nine new skincare products coming in and... Like our skincare is very clean as it is, wow. but I've made it even cleaner um, and rebottled it. And, you know, I would love to eventually get into Sephora. Yeah. That is one of my goals. Um, and and I'd love to have five stores, but I can't jump <laughs> the gun too quickly with what I, everything that's going on. But yeah, my goal is to get into Sephora and, you know, get the right people in place to help me grow the e-com. I'm just waiting you know, to do ads and do, to do those sort of things because I want to get all the new yeah, packaging in. Um, so I've just been kind of waiting on that. And I also, you know, I'm working on a body line with someone special. I can't tell who yet, but it's going to be insane. Um, and that'll be launching in October. So that is really something to look forward to. We're, you know, going towards body positive. So um, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to that as well. So hopefully that'll amp up the online even more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Lots of exciting things on the horizon. And I mean, if your journey so far has taught me anything, I think you getting into Sephora is totally going to happen. I, I would so. bet money on it. I hope so. <laughs> Love that. Thank you. <laughs> So one question, one question we ask everyone who comes on is who do you think gets it and who inspires you? So, um, I think like in people in my field that inspire me, I think, um, Lexi from wax on, oh, um, great answer. I love what she's doing and I love her and, you know, she's actually taken the time with me to sit down a couple times and talk about franchising and, and that sort of thing. And I think what she does is remarkable. I, I feel terrible for, you know, her, her, especially going through all of this and having all those yeah. locations, it cannot be easy. And she's just such a great person. Um, and, and other, other brands that are in my field is like skin gym in New York city. Oh, I, yeah. I love. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. And yeah. Two really good answers and like so applicable, right? Yeah. They've got the right franchise or not the franchise model, but the, um, the multi-studio yeah. model, they're in similar spaces. I feel like those are two really strong answers. Um, if you could go in and get some advice from either of them, what would you most want to ask them? My advice would be on hire, like hiring and training the, and, you know, um, also what it's like to be, if, franchising 
is better than owning all right. of them. No, yeah. like what? What's better? I mean, the route that I've taken obviously is to own them and hire a manager and and you know give you know a piece of, of the pie to that manager mm-hmm. so they feel like they're a part of something. But yeah, those would be you know those would be my question. Yeah. It's yeah. always keeping your eyes on what that next level of growth is. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Haley, I've learned so much in this conversation and I feel like refreshed knowing that it doesn't need to be, you know, kill yourself to get your business to the next level. It is possible to scale things sustainably. I, this has been such a good conversation. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so mm-hmm. glad I could have met with you guys. This is great. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Haley. She's such an open book and has gone through so much. And we hope that you got some tangible takeaways and some things to encourage you as you guys are building your own businesses or even thinking about supporting friends and family. It's always nice to kind of get a peek behind the curtain to see how these entrepreneurs truly think. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved what Haley had to say about, you know, her leadership and how she's developed that and just like, how she's taken it one step at a time. I think that is such a good reminder. Um, It's a reminder I needed today. So hopefully um, you found some good reminders in this episode as well. Um, As always, a quick call to action for me. So we'd love to have you on our Instagram community at they.get.it. We share um, some behind the scenes things. Sometimes we share, you can ask questions to our future guests and we have a lot of content there. So we'd love to have you there. And with that, I will say see you next week and I hope you have a lovely week. See you then. Bye.